Welcome to another installment of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler. And in this episode, we are going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry, possibly, about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. I'm excited today because I have my good friend Alex Stein here with his sidekick, Amy Engelhart, and... He has, he is a master at, I'm not a master at speaking, but, uh, he is a master <laughs> storyteller, a documentary filmmaker, and a writer, and he dreams of living in Alaska, even though he lives in LA. He's, if I could figure out, I like to say, if I could figure out a way to make money in Alaska, mm-hmm. I would do it in a second. Salmon. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, um, I'm not I think big a few on people salmon. know about that, though. Oh, I, oh. I actually have a nearly cellular aversion to fish. Oh, doggone so. Well, maybe you could do the, um, what's that run? The Adiranda or something like that? What's that? The Iditarod? Iditarod. I, like I told you, I don't know how to speak English. But um, that thing with lots of puppies that you, you know. Yeah. You know, I, um, strange you should mention that because eight months ago, <laughs> so I made a movie about the Iditarod and I have <clears throat> been the co-host of the world's most popular Iditarod podcast, which is kind of like being the world's smallest giant in right. some ways. Um, and uh, how, how many been, podcasts there are on this race? Like th- there actually are, are a couple dozen. Wow. Okay. Um, and, uh, and so my friend that I co-host the podcast with, said, you know, it's crazy that you've done all of this stuff with the sport and you've never actually driven dogs. So come up to my kennel and and you can drive dogs. And I said, sure. And then I got up there and he's, you know, it was a beautiful day. It was 10 degrees below zero, but it was sunny. And um, he said, I'm going to hook you up with an eight dog team. And I said, great, because I wasn't thinking about how powerful these dogs are and how much that means. And I was doing really well um, (laughs) for the first six and a half miles of our little eight mile run. And then we got to this hill that I have now renamed Hubris Hill <laughs> because I stopped at the top. And then as I was going down, the uh, sled started gaining on the last dogs. Oh, no. And I was afraid that the sled was going to hit the dog. So I, so I stepped on the brake a little bit too hard. And the sled <laughs> crashed and I fell and I broke my, the top of my humerus and badly dislocated my um, – shoulder and had major rotator cuff damage and i am still getting better from this oh wow later but it was uh, i when i went to the emergency room they gave me rock star death drugs they gave me the uh two doses of the drug that killed prince which is fentanyl and four doses of the drug that killed michael jackson which is uh propofol wow and then you still escaped the cage after the yeah (laughs) the the weird (laughs) drugs didn't work the weird thing about fentanyl (laughs) is that my literally my brain stopped being able to process information from my eyes. So I was staring at the wall and it was like looking at an old TV with the vertical hold off. Wow. So I was watching the um, electrical outlet go all the way up and then shoot back down to the bottom and then go all the way up again. Oh, man, that <laughs> that sounds like a fun time. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it hasn't been it hasn't been the most pleasant of eight months, but, uh, but I'm, I'm getting much better. I've been doing physical therapy and acupuncture and a million exercises and taking CBD oil, which by the way, is just a godsend. They, they gave me, um, opioids, but they literally didn't do anything for the pain. 
and um, and then I noticed that I was not eating when oh. I was taking the opiates, which is yes. not a good thing if you're falling down. if you're ah. really injured. But I have totally interrupted you and gone on and on That's when a- <laughs> you were not quite finished with your question, <laughs> no, which it's all good, which I- is what I do. Well, I was well. So no, here's the thing, though. See, I was. Then I came up with another question in between. So, um, you know, you're talking about making money in Alaska, but if you if you if you just go establish residency there, won't you eventually get oil checks? Yeah, they they have this thing which they which they hate when you point out is socialism. They have this thing called the permanent fund, uh, where uh, money from the oil revenues goes in there, and then every year you get a permanent fund dividend, which is um, you know, interest on the principal of the permanent fund. And it's like, I think the lowest it's been was about a thousand dollars and the highest it's been was about $6,000 per person. Every November. Every November. Yeah. And, and what do you have to do to get that money? Do you just have to have been in Alaska five years or something? One year. Are you serious? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Every Alaskan resident, man, woman, and child. One year. Uh, And, but they, they count it from, I think they count it from the beginning of winter. So it's like, you have to spend a whole winter. You have to earn it. And then then you get the reward of being there in the summer, which is beautiful. But sun all day. Yeah. And all night. uh, Yeah. Essentially, even in Anchorage, which is not technically above the Arctic Circle, but it's... um, there's so much ambient light, even after the, the sun has technically gone down, mm-hmm. that it's basically light 24 hours. It's wow. It's super cool. It's super. Yeah. Wow. I've always wanted, I've wanted to go there. I've never wanted to live there, but I would like to go there. Um, <laughs> That's, that might be good. Now, let me ask you this, because you live in L.A., Yes. but your, I love saying sidekick, but your sidekick, Amy, is bi-coastal. Um, how is that <laughs> when she's traveling about and you're staying put in L.A., but you're dreaming about Alaska? Uh, it's mostly good. Uh-huh. Um, you know, this is much easier to do now than it was in the past because we have cell phones and basically there's no such thing as long distance anymore. Right. Um, and we have Skype and Google Hangouts and, you know, it, it's uh, – we don't have FaceTime because we're not Apple people. Oh. We're not iPhone people. Oh, no. I'm sorry. And you're artists and you're not iPhone people? It's because we're starving artists. We can't afford the iPhone. <laughs> it's, I love that, you know, I love that everybody like loves to be with Apple because it's so non-corporate and Apple is a huge corporation. Yeah. iTunes, you know, I never, iTunes takes 50% of every sale. So they're doing quite well. They have enough. Yeah. They don't need more of my money. They're, they're doing well. So um, we talked a little bit earlier on Amy's podcast about um, budget. A- Amy? <laughs> Oh yeah, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, her. Yeah, I know. She's, now she's going to kick you. Yeah. No. No. It's all about no. love. Now so, I kind of deserve it. You do. But so, how do you make it work in terms of budgeting, or how do you keep it like keep it fresh? Um, Amy was sort of saying about making each other laugh in between podcasts. Um, like, I yeah, I think um, I think actually making each other laugh is a huge thing. It it is. It is one of the most important things in the world. Does that I would say? Does that keep you from crying? Sometimes, <laughs> not always. Not, not for me. Not <laughs> always. You'll, you'll cry anyway while you're laughing. Um, no, I mean, but part of part of the reason that um, that we we got together was that I mean, at least for me, it's that it's that I never met anyone else who didn't bore the crap out of me after mm-hmm. a certain amount of time, and um, it I just. 
we see we also agree on a lot of major issues so that makes um, it easier but yeah. but for me it's the i can't imagine he's, he's alex is just so funny and sees things in much the same way i do he's very literate and um but but oh my god he's such a goofball and yeah. that is so important and for someone i know like me who's the eternal childlike person we didn't have kids uh i'm determined to be the kid my whole life oh that makes um, sense that's good so you know it's and i think alex is is very much the same way is is we're just people who we're going to be goofy we're going to be ridiculous but we can turn on a dime and be incredibly serious right. too right but we we also both are um very much outside the box thinkers right and uh you know, to the point where sometimes we see people who are inside the box thinkers and, and we're like, wait, what? How, how is what? What are you doing in the box? Why are you Get there? out of the box? <laughs> For God's sakes, the box is evil. It's evil. Nice box. <laughs> and, and of course, now it's even more absurd because we, we have cats and our cats love boxes. And I believe the cats think that they are invisible when they're in the box. They probably do. Because they do things that you would never do if you thought someone could see you. Exactly. But that's the joy of cats. They live yeah. their own lives. Yeah. Regardless. They're which is, we probably should learn from them, right? Yeah. They just do it. They're not, dogs are like, like me, like me. Cats are like, maybe. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in terms of, uh, in terms of budgeting and stuff, we, we have, we have mostly simple lives. We don't, we're not extravagant about very much at all. And uh, so, you know, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty much that there is there's a set amount. There's a set nut kind of each month. What about a major purchase? Like if you decided you needed to have a big flat screen TV or a new refrigerator, like how do you do you both just agree or do you make her laugh and she agrees? Do you uh, <laughs> um, how does that how does that get negotiated? We just talk about it and we, say, this is what I need or this is what I think we need. Yeah. And, uh, y you know, usually my my tendency is that I will I will tend to put these things off. And and sometimes Amy will be like, what are you doing? You need that. Just get it. <laughs> and and then I will. <laughs> and like we had we you know, this is going to sound pathetic, but we uh, you know how everyone in the world has had flat screen TVs for like whatever, 10 years or something, mm -hmm. 15 years. Um, we got one like three years ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, we finally got rid of our big cathode raid tube or whatever it is, ray tube uh, television. And, and it was like, oh, this is really nice. We should have done this a long time ago. But we didn't care. I right. mean, we still have a broken VCR sitting in our living room. Right. We, it's just so not a... Right. No, I totally get it. I mean, I... See, I now, when you get what you want... Or you say, I want it. Let's just get it. Mm -hmm. um, and where, Alex, does it for you where the, we, we, why, you know, like I'm super frugal, but right. like where does that um, conservative part come from or that place that like I should wait and you wait? Know, I, I think my parents were very, very uh, uh, conservative, are very conservative mm -hmm. um, in terms of money. Um, and uh and at the same time, when I was growing up, my parents were always, you know, were always very big on the idea of, oh, you shouldn't, money is not the most important thing. You shouldn't play the game of life because it's all about getting money and that's wrong. And, you know, 
And uh, my my dad moved when we were when I was like ten or eleven because he was tired of being in a place where everyone was completely focused on money. So uh, so there was there was a little bit of a mixed message in that because on the one hand I was always being told money is not that important, but then it also very clearly was important. Right. And uh, when there were when there were problems about money, it was always it was always sort of a big deal, even though I think they didn't want it to be a big deal. Right. And did your um, folks uh, get excited when you went into uh, the arts? Um, I don't know that I would say excited. I, you know, I think that they were they were very much in favor of me um, doing what I wanted to do and what would make me happy. But on the other hand, I still. Um, uh, I don't think they really understand mm-hmm. it. Right. And uh, so I don't think they understand a lot of what what my what my daily life is and what I do and how I earn money and, and that sort of thing. But on the other hand, you didn't really fully commit to making that your life until you moved to Los Angeles. I mean, you went to college. You, I'm sure you talked about it, but but you didn't say this is what I'm going to do with my life until you got out here. Correct. And that's why you moved here. Correct. Right. So we met out here. Right. So. Yeah. And you, I'm trying to remember you, something happened and then you, <laughs> <laughs> something happened, something happened. Dun, dun, dun. And then you made a life choice. What happened? Um, you know, I, I don't know that there was anything. I had been planning to do this for like a year. And so I was working, I was working a, a day job in tech and I was saving up a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just decided that I was going to come out here and and uh, write. And I thought, oh, I'll be out here for like two years and then I'll leave and go back to New York and uh, not New no. York, but, you know, somewhere, somewhere, maybe Seattle or something, something. Yeah. Not Alaska. In, no, he was in Boston at the time. He hadn't been to Alaska. Yeah. OK. It, it's funny. We actually lived not at the same time, but we lived in Boston uh, a year apart uh, like a block away from each other. Very strange. Oh, wow. And we, we went there once to pick up something that Amy had left in this house where she used to live. And, and we got to the house and I was like, oh, you see that house right there? That's where I lived. It's very weird. <laughs> wow. Mm. That's cool. That's cool. Did you, um, I'm going to just jump around. Did you get an allowance when you were a kid? I did. Yeah. yeah. And what did you have to do to get your money, your allowance? Um, You know, I... At some point, there were chores that we had to do to get the allowance, but I don't think that that was the case originally. Mm-hmm. Um, you just yeah. got an allowance. Yeah. Okay. See, I think we got an allowance. Uh, well, I know we got an allowance, but then it um, usually disappeared. <laughs> parents took it back. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. They well, took it back? Well, you know, you got a lot. It's a big family. We had a big family, and they had bills to pay. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> It'd be like, here you go with the left hand, and then take it right back with the right hand. So we cried a lot. But, here you um, go. Oh, wait. Do you want heat? <laughs> give it back to me if you do you know here's the sad thing um we actually i don't know if you've ever experienced this but you know my family the electricity sometimes the bill didn't get paid mm-hmm. and it didn't go back on for two or three days and we would live by candlelight and we would cook hot dogs and stuff in the fireplace 
once. I I'm pretty sure that happened to us at least once. We were I we were even though there was only uh, two of us. We were like dirt poor and we were on food stamps at one point. And it's like that that stuff happens. It was it's funny because every time like when I um in my current house and in my last house I'm always like it's got to have a fireplace and people are like. It's L.A. You don't need a fireplace. I'm like, well, if you don't pay the gas bill, you got to be able to eat and cook your meals. <laughs> Where am I going to cook the hot dogs if I don't have a fireplace? But, you know, I turn lights off all the time when I leave rooms. That's, yeah. I'm That's, constantly turning lights off to, to save energy because yeah. it was the 70s and it was like, you know, energy crisis. And yeah. also because you you think about those things when if you're well, growing up in a poor house. It's funny, yeah. too, because we, we live on the west side, so we generally don't use our um, heat or air conditioning very right. much at all. Um, although the past couple of summers, we've started to use the AC a lot you more because it. it's just mm. been awful. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I remember when I was growing up, we used to, in growing up in New England, we would, you know, have sweaters and, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. And my parents were always turning the thermostat down. And, and, you know, now I go to visit my parents and it's like 80 degrees in, wow. in their place. And I'm like, how can you stand this? Not, not only uh, it's way too warm, but how can you even stand this? That's so, I actually spent a Thanksgiving in Boston with my college roommate a uh, hundred years ago. And, uh, the house was kept at like 50 degrees. I got out of the shower and literally ice, <laughs> icicles were forming on my nipples it was freaking i'm just like could i have a little heat it's 50 degrees and there's snow on the ground and lots of rocks that grow out of the dirt it's sort of bizarre mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah freaking cold i like i like warm i like warm so i i like um i like the cold side of warm so i i like it warm but i can't sleep when it's too warm yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's got to be cool at night. Yeah, it's funny. I was just, yeah. I love the Four Seasons, but mostly as a hotel. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and and if I'm going to actually go from fall to winter, I just want to see the picture. I don't actually want to experience it. So you're, you're saying you really love two and a half seasons. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, you know, on a fish tank where the temperature for the fish, it's a good range between 75 and 85. Okay. That's, that's me. I want to live between those 10 degrees. If it's mm. over 85, it's too hot. If it's under 75, it's really, really cold. It's like winter is coming. Yeah. 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 It's it's hard. <laughs> you, you should not go to Alaska where it's like no. 40 degrees below zero. I can do cold for like two weeks if I know I'm going to cold. Mm-hmm. Like I love going to Nepal, but I know I'm going to be there. It's going to be really cold and then I'm going to leave. So I right. can... Three weeks. That's what I can do. Three Plus, weeks. You shouldn't come over to our house either. Because dressing layers. <laughs> dressing layers, layers. That's right. Dressing layers. If I if I get home, I'm like, it's seventy seven. It goes on when we hit seventy seven, Alex. I mean, I'm I have this weird thing where I am able to say what the temperature is within two degrees. It's no matter where I am, like New York, whatever. I'll be like, no, this is fifty. This is 55. The wind is making you think it's in the 40s, but this is actually, I, I can't tell you oh how God. this is. So I get home and I'm like, oh, I'll be hike. I've been hiking or something I'm like, no, no, no. I, I know it's 77. I'd go up and it's like 77 or 78. And, and I'm like, turn it on, turn it on. And it's so weird <laughs> how funny. relative that is because I remember being in um, McGrath, Alaska, and during the day it was like 15 degrees below zero, but it was sunny. So it felt warm. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it's either cold, hot, or just right. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> and I don't like the other two. Like yeah. right. Do you have any, um, are there any um, financial quirks that you have? Like, are you, is there anything that you're weird about with money that I won't do this or? Um... I, I, uh, I don't like spending money mm-hmm. if I can avoid it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I will, I will, I will do ridiculous things to save money. You know, I, I still do not like paying for parking. Yes. So sometimes You'll I'll drive, drive two around hours. for 15 minutes oh to find a place to park, but I'm getting a little bit better and in, in that I, I give up after a while and I'm like, Oh, that's just, I'll just pay it. No, that's good. Well, and do you do anything like I have a, um, I have a friend who I haven't seen in a long time, but I have a friend who used to, um, he, he would melt all of his soap. When they got too small, he would melt it in a pot and make new bars of soap with all the extra pieces of soap. So that yeah, I don't do that. You don't do that. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I was watching sixty minutes and and uh, Andy Rooney at the end always did his little oh, rants. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And one of the things one of the things he said is I wish someday I'd be rich enough so that if I got to the bottom to the end of the soap, I'd just throw it out and start a new bar. And I remember thinking to myself, you're on television. I don't believe for a second that you don't do that. <laughs> I I could even even as a kid, I recognized that Andy Rooney was not melting down the like little ends of the soap to right. form a new soap bar. Yeah, see, I well, I wouldn't do that, but there's a lot of I'm pretty frugal. Yeah. With stuff. What do you um what do you splurge on? What's um, something that you don't like care about the money? It's like frozen coffee, I don't know. What's um you know, I uh Gosh, I don't know. What do you think? I don't think you splurge on anything. <laughs> that's we, that's fun. <laughs> no, we both don't. We really don't. I, I mean, sometimes it's just I, not in our nature. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like we splurge on going out to eat, but we don't do that often. Right, and when we do, it's not like we go to expensive places. Right. It's, it's just yeah. the, it's just the the going out, the change of, of venue. Yeah, since the, we both work at home so much, right? And having someone else cook, although we both cook, right? Um, I don't, I don't think you splurge on anything. Yeah. No, that's well, that helps keep money in the bank. I, I have a because I have a lot of clients, LA clients who you know have beautiful kitchens but don't actually cook in them. I've, I know people are like, I just renovated my kitchen, a hundred thousand bucks. Maybe one day I'll learn how to cook. <gasps> um, but it just, it looks good and presents yeah. well. But like, I have a lot of clients that eat out five, six nights a week and they eat out for lunch. They maybe make two meals at home, which is really hard. Right. Oh, and you, my... and you open up their freezer and the only thing in it is a really, really good bottle of vodka. Right. right. Well, in <laughs> New York, it. in New York, that's really hard too, because because it's such a pain in the ass. And once you're out, you want to stay out. If you know, like you set up your day in New York, right? Because you're dealing with public transportation, right? Or, you know, and, and it's very hard to not just go to Starbucks or not just go to blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, I know when I am in New York, even for a week, I buy groceries, because right. then I'll feel guilty if I don't eat them. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I force myself to not eat every meal out. Because right. I mean, you can't walk out of the door in New York without spending 20 bucks. Right. But it's, it's, it's crazy, and and it feels like a treat though when we do go out and we try and force ourselves not to, just because that really will eat away, literally. Yeah. At your, at your money, and again, but it, it, this goes back to life choices. You right. Know? It's it's that we know that this is how it is, and I'm I'm happy to stay at home and have and cook for Alex, or and that's actually something we do too. Uh, you would you would 
asked about how things go back and forth between mm-hmm. us. And it's like, if Alex is working a lot and I'm not working a lot, I'm probably going to cook a lot of dinner. Okay. You know, it's like, I want to make his life easier if I can, mm-hmm. because he's banging his head against a wall, yeah. you know, and trying to, and, and it either is happening or isn't happening. I find that, that how hard you look for work has nothing to do with the relationship of how right. often you get work. Right. Um, and uh, in this business. So, you know, I, I, I think we just try and be respectful of that too, and try and make life easier for the other person if they're the person pulling the wagon at the time. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's interesting because people talk a lot about manifesting and the secret and how you can make these things appear. And while I don't believe that, um, I also do believe it. <laughs> right. In that, you know, when you are when you are more open to these opportunities, they tend to show up, show up or maybe you're just more aware of them. Yeah, I think um, the whole thing about just wishing it to be true and I'm going to sleep and sleep and it's going to, the Mercedes will show up under my pillow. I don't believe that because I think you still have to do the work. Like, and that's where I think some people think, Oh, if I just think about it, it comes. No, I think you do need to like open your mind to the possibilities and you have to show up and do the work. Right. (laughs) Like, right. Right. Cause that's luck is really being aware of opportunity for the most part. Right. Except Mm -hmm. for a lottery ticket or being born into it or being born into it, which I was not. Thank you, Mom and Dad. Um, <laughs> Neither were we. So, um, so we, we all picked the wrong parents. I know. Totally I did because it was a choice. Um, but uh, <laughs> pick the right pets. Yeah, yeah, that's important. Yeah, that's important. Well, those are actual part. choices. <laughs> so you you recently wrote, published, uh, produced a book. Yes, called No, Mister Bond. I expect your dreams to die. Yes, and. How was that writing that? Did you feel like you had support from your sidekick, Amy? Did you um, like how much did you like set a budget? Did you just say that I'm going to do it? Like, what was the process in getting a book done? So here's the thing. I had been I had been doing a lot of storytelling shows and Mm -hmm. I would write something new for a storytelling show that I was doing every week. And so after a while, I realized that I had a large number of these um, uh, sort of short to medium essays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, wanted to, um, I wanted to compile them into a book. And uh, at first, I, was, I got a lot of advice from people and I put together a book proposal and I was going to try to get a small publisher to do it. And I wound up um, I wound up self-publishing it mm-hmm. through um, Amazon and CreateSpace primarily because I had decided that I really wanted – I decided that I was going to dedicate it to our friend and mentor and teacher, Cynthia Segetti. Yes. And um, I – and she had she had been she had been diagnosed with with a fatal disease and it wasn't clear how long she was going to live and i really wanted it to come out while she was alive yeah so that ultimately was why i decided to do it that way and the other the strange thing about that is that the stigma of self publishing has largely gone away yeah i think that's true um uh specifically after 50 shades of gray which originally was self published and um and uh, because of that, there, you know, um, 
not that I'm going to turn this into a commercial for CreateSpace, but through CreateSpace, they have a program where basically you can do it with without spending any money. Oh, nice. Or I, I think the total amount that I spent on putting this book together was like $20. Wow. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I – Yes, I tend to overspend. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and people can spend hundreds or thousands of dollars in, mm-hmm. in, in doing this. But if you if you can do a lot of this stuff yourself, you can really uh, – I think the only money that I spent was buying an ISBN number. Wow. Which I'm not even sure why I did, but I thought, oh, if it's only 20 bucks, I should just do it. You should just do it. <laughs> yeah. It's splurge, yeah. as Amy would say. Just, yeah. Just... <laughs> I, I splurge on that, and sometimes when I when I go out to work in the middle of the day because I like to have a change of scenery, I'll I'll go to McDonald's and I'll like splurge on getting the you know the one dollar soda at McDonald's. And, <laughs> Whoa! And, and in my mind, Crazy. it's like, should I really be spending a dollar for a soda? <laughs> it's, it's a lot of money. It's a uh, dollar, but you can you can get refills. You can. That's true. Do you save the cup and go back for another visit? And- no, no, I, I, I actually consider that wrong. And I, I had this guy. I was in McDonald's the other day, and this guy came in, and he, and he was yelled at for for reusing a cup, and he was like, "But it says free refills." And I was thinking to myself, "But not for the rest of your life." But it doesn't actually say for twenty four hours, and it doesn't yeah. say while in the restaurant. You go. I'm just saying. Well, let me ask you this because we're about, we're at the, about at the end. Is there, if you were to look back um, at your life, what would you tell a younger version of yourself in this moment? Everything will be okay. Ah, I like that. Don't don't worry about so much of the stuff. Things will fall into place. And you know, like I said, I don't I don't believe in the secret, but I do believe that things will fall into place. I like that. And like you said, you still have to do the work. You still got to do the work. But don't don't beat yourself up while you're doing it and allow yourself just to do it. I love that. Because I worry <laughs> I worry about everything. <laughs> I'm a bit of a worry wart. Um where can people find you on social media? I know they can find your book on Amazon. They can find my book on Amazon, which is No, Mr. Bond, I Expect Your Dreams to Die. They can find me at Alex M, as in Michael Stein, S-T-E-I-N, um, on Twitter at Coldfoot Films and uh, on uh, the Facebook at Facebook.com slash Alex M. Stein. Well, I so appreciate having you here, and I appreciate your sidekick, Amy. I just love saying sidekick. And uh, so, please uh, share the laughs. If you enjoyed tonight's episode, let everybody know. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Until next time, I'm Bob Wheeler. This is Money You Should Ask. <laughs>